kick this thing off. See on the flip side. Let's go. Yo, what is good, Gen Nation? MVP. We got a special one for you today. I actually have a guest with me, and that Hell guest yeah. is Spartacris. What is good? Y'all, wait, what do the, the battle rappers say? What's good? What's good? Representing the, the, the 908. <laughs> Let's go. Let's it's get not, it popping. The 908, he says. Okay. I think that's what they say. <laughs> I, probably. Yeah. Um, yeah, so we are live on Twitch, Facebook, and YouTube. Uh, this is the Multiversal Podcast, episode 24. We have a lot to go over today. And uh, before we get into that, we'll cover our bases and let you know that we are available on all podcast platforms yes, at this point. Um, so pick out your favorite app that you want to listen to podcasts on. Uh, download it, search for GGen, we'll pop up, and uh, you should have easy listening for your commute to and from work. So feel free to jump in. And all shows, not just MVP, all shows will be on there. So Hell with yeah. that being said, we do have some merch available. Um, if I can pull it up correctly here, there we go. There is, oh, no, no, no. And there we go. Uh, with that being said, there is train wreck, train wreck shirts available. Um, you know, hoodies, it. shirts. Uh, we're getting into the warmer weather, so you're kind of missing out on the hoodie. But if you still want to grab one, it'll be available for you. But we got plenty of shirts available, and um, all for uh, uh, not only will you look great, you'll also help us in the process as we uh, try to forever improve our yeah. production here, nonstop improving. Um, Daniel Berry Sports Highlights. Yo, what's up, man? Yo, what up? Thanks for jumping into welcome. The, the stream. Welcome to, yeah, welcome to MVP. And real quick, so, uh, speaking of warm weather, uh, Johnny Muniz is already uh, throwing it in our face that it's 80 degrees at his house right now. And he's uh, outside grilling, which would be nice. Yeah, God forbid he gets uh, an inch of snow. And yeah. They're all chaos down there. <laughs> um, all right. So, like I said, we have a lot to go over. Uh, we're going to kick it off with the gaming verse as we normally do to start the month. Let's the go. end of the month episode. We usually end with gaming as we go through the next month's uh, releases. So with that being said, boom, we're going to kick it off with a doozy. In my opinion, a doozy. Uh, we have Jedi Survivor, which is due out this month. I believe uh, March the 15th or the, the 15th, 17th. right in the middle of the month. I cannot yeah. wait for this game. Ten, we're ten. We're ten days, ten days away from diving in there with Cal Kestis and just dismembering all the stormtroopers, every single one of them. They're they're losing a leg or an arm or something. It's happening. I can't. But wait. the news that I want to bring to you, Chris, is uh, there's leaks of a potential DLC involving Obi Wan. And no. oh man, I can't wait. I, so this not, would 
if this is true, right, this would confirm Obi-Wan and Cal are in the same, obviously, uh, time frame. Yes. Uh, with Vader, obviously, because we had him in the first game. Does this mean we're very much pre-Luke or how? Where is the time, the timing of this game? Well, I, th- I think my guess is we're going to find out that this game, Jedi Survivor, takes place during the Obi-Wan show. The uh, Obi-Wan mm. DLC, from what I've read, is basically DLC from the show. So it's going to include Ooh. Vader, it's going to include Obi-Wan, a few other characters that we came across. I'm assuming that um, Kumail Nanjiani's character from the show might mm-hmm. be involved. It's like an underground, you know, like a similar to how Saul Guerrero was in the first game. Uh, it, this is just all speculation, obviously. What I'm right. hoping for, more specifically, is that this will allow us maybe a, a side story or mission or whatever to play as Vader. That Ooh. would be sick. I don't know if they're I don't do know it, if they'll ever do that. I I would absolutely. I would. Ab- I want. All right. So you know how like in uh, sidebar, you know how like in, in the last episode, uh, the Obi Wan um show on Disney yeah. Plus. I've made it a point to say I just want a Vader only TV show. Yep. Um, or or movie, whatever you want to do. But I feel like it would be good in a TV show to kind of follow his journey of being Vader mm-hmm. and just terrorizing the galaxy. Why can't we get that in in a game form? Also, I, I honestly I, I think feel... that that only really works in a game form. As far it as Disney is concerned, I don't think that they would release a TV show that kids might see and whatever, where it's just focused on a bad guy. I just don't think yeah. they'll do that. I, I think they should, but I don't think they will. But I think in a game, you can easily throw in a Vader like. Just like a side story DLC, a couple of missions, whatever, mm-hmm. and let us go nuts. You know what I mean? I mean, you know they what? Did it you know with, what? They uh, Jedi or uh, Jedi Unleashed? No. What was the game? Um, Force Unleashed. They did with Force Unleashed too. Yeah. Yeah, that first level where you played as Vader. A, a whole game yep. like that would be badass. It would be incredible. I was gonna say what you could do is possibly put that on like a Hulu, so it's not like a, a yeah. Disney Plus yep. type of show. But I feel like. If you're gonna use Vader, you want it on your most important app, which would be Disney Plus. So I agree. I mean, you should. Yeah. You know, I, I don't feel like they give. Uh, this, this is a tough one. I don't want them. Anyone who's listened to Theater Room, who's listened to me talk in the past, I want Star Wars to move away from like the original characters. I want to see new characters. One of the reasons why I like Mandalorian so much. I want them mm-hmm. to move away from it. However, there are certain characters that we maybe never really got the the right like. Uh, stories on and Vader's one of them right. I mean, through, over the course of how many years have we put his like kind of story together but to give him the spotlight as Vader not as Anakin as Vader for one show one season I think would be cool I just don't yeah. think they want to do that you know and I guess the fear yeah, is that because... they're going to ruin the the mystery behind them kind of but there is no mystery we all know who he is we all know the backstory right, right? I just want to see him be the, a badass the original trilogy was more focused on Luke rather than Vader so right. it was, you know, we didn't get too much from him. And uh, I think that would be an insane show. Real quick, with Jedi Survivor reeling it back in here. Um, with the DLC possibly coming, right? There is a It's cosmetic... pretty much been confirmed. I just want to say, sorry to interrupt. It's basically been confirmed that yeah. if you pre-order, you get DLC based on Obi-Wan, which is basically just outfits that Cal can wear. That are similar Outfits, to what right. was in the show, but, but that's DLC here, here, for pre-orders only. Yeah. So here's the kicker, though. Included in that in in those quote unquote cosmetics is a blaster skin. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you can get Obi Wan's blaster included with that. 
Now, if you've played the first game, you were not allowed to use a blaster. So are they incorporating blasters into this game as part of your arsenal? Because that would they be are. incredible. They absolutely are. So if you've watched, there's like a 15-minute uh, gameplay breakdown. I think I saw it on IGN, but you can probably find it very easily. If you're okay with spoiling some minor stuff in the beginning of the game, in that 15-minute breakdown, they actually mention how in this particular, in this game, there's multiple lightsabers, meaning you have your standard one-handed lightsaber, your dual-bladed mm -hmm. lightsaber. You can dual-wield lightsabers, so you break it into two, and you have a whole fighting style like that. Ahsoka style. You can get the the cross-guard lightsaber, and it acts, and it acts, I can't even say that right, it acts like a heavy weapon, like a two-handed broadsword. Ooh, so nice. it's a whole nother style of fighting. And on top of all that, you'll have a blaster that can be upgraded and you know you can find different ones and kind of incorporated into the combat. So I don't know that the blaster will have its own full-blown like skill tree, but there will be combos where he's slice, 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 blast, 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 slice, 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 you know? Yeah. So they really I, dude, expanded the combat in this one for sure. And it seems I... like the enemies are all designed to have weaknesses. So you're going to have your tough enemies that need the dual blade. You're going to have your quicker enemies that maybe need a dual, um, the broadsword, things like that. <laughs> Hold on. Let me just throw this up here. Hey, man. Sometimes, what? you know, when you're sick, you're, you're home. You know what I mean? And I can, I can be available to help out. There you go. <laughs> we, I, I actually had to schedule him two weeks in advance for this. To happen. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm not even joking. You know what? So. In, in Fred, in my defense, Fred didn't even schedule me. I texted him and said, what are you doing MVP again? I think I'm going to be home that weekend. Perfect. That is true, actually. You know what? Get off my um, ass, all right? Jesus. All right. All right. I'm 40 Relax. years old almost. Relax. Um, all right. Who's that? Uh, is that so, John? Yeah, of course it's John. What's up, Captain? Probably. So moving on, uh, just closing thoughts. I'm super excited. We got, we're got 10 days away, and this game can't come soon enough. Um, speaking of games that should be far, far away. Far, <laughs> far away. This is the far, most ridiculous thing. Call of Duty, Microsoft. I, I, was it Microsoft, Nintendo, N Nintendo, and Microsoft at this point? I don't. I don't know. Who knows? Uh, they announced that Call of Duty is coming to the Switch on a 10, 10, 10 year agreement. Can you? Uh, oh, first of all, can't. the Switch should not even be around for another ten years. Uh, we should have a brand new Switch Two. Um, By then, that's yeah. more than seven twenty p. Goddamn HD because that is an absolute joke to put out a console with that um, high definition, if you even want to call it that. I can't. Who's going to buy Call of Duty to play on the Nintendo Switch? I mean, I, I think people know. will buy it, but I don't know, man. It's the same as playing, it, trying to play Call of Duty Warzone on the phone with people who are playing it on a console or a PC. It just yeah, doesn't make like, any sense to me. I, I If I have... I, I mean, most people have a Switch and like a, a regular console, I would, yes. I would think. If yes. you just have a Switch, then sure, I get it. But uh, I do not want to play Call of Duty on 720p. Yeah, I did. I did that on Modern Warfare 2 on PS3 like ages ago. It was all 720p. Like right. you're going backwards. This is complete backwardness <laughs> as far as Nintendo. It, it goes. really everything, is. Everything Nintendo is backwards. The Joy-Cons um, are not built for a high paced first person shooter like this. No, the, not at the, all. it's going to get uncomfortable in your hands. It's not going to look good or run well. I just you're gonna have to it. buy the the quote unquote pro controller. You're, you're, maybe like, that's what I it is, like right? They want to sell never that. in stock, and it's ninety dollars or something. 
I agree. So we got, I'm assuming that's the captain there, that there's a big kids market for the Switch, but isn't that Fortnite, basically? I mean, Fortnite runs fine yeah. on the Switch. Isn't that the, the Call of Duty version? I guess the name matters, but I think, I don't know how it's going to operate well at all. Yeah, I don't know. We'll have to see. I, I'm I'm going purely off of looks, and this game is just going to look awful on a Switch. Did they, did they um, send a release date out for when this is coming? I have to look that up. Uh, I think not this year, but I think it starts next year because I think this year is Sony's last exclusive Call of Duty unless they get another 10-year deal when this deal closes. I have no idea. The whole thing with Microsoft and Activision's kind of been like a cluster. So um, I, I don't know. They are completely different game. Well, yeah, Fortnite is completely different. I guess the idea... I'm reading now. I guess the idea is that it'll start next year and the next Call of Duty game or the first one available on the Switch will be built with the Switch in mind. So it's yeah. going to, I guess. So is, it, is that going to dumb down PlayStation and Xbox? <laughs> and I was just going to say, PC? like, you know, maybe they'll. I'm wondering if the way Nintendo works, right? Because this is, like you said, they're backwards generally. If there's going to be a Warzone kind of game mode or, or Call of Duty game mode. That's specifically designed to work with the current consoles, the Switch, and PC. That'll be separate from your standard multiplayer. So it'll be something built specifically with Switch in mind. So everyone's yeah, kind of on an know. even playing field. I don't know. If Warzone is in the general population and you got Switch players running around Warzone, they're going to get eaten alive. Yeah, uh, it's I mean, not going to be close. I'm terrible at the game, and I know it's not going to be close. I don't, you're just going to get eaten alive. I, I just don't understand. But... Whatever. I don't want to spend too much time on this. Uh, yeah. Nintendo is always Listen, it is good news. And... Like you said, for people who only have a Switch, yes, this is big news if you feel like you've kind of been uh, left to the wayside in the first-person yeah. shooter area. So... I don't think Call of Duty's ever been on Nintendo uh, in all co- consoles. No, right? Even so... the originals weren't. They were only on PlayStation for a while. So... Yeah, I don't, I don't think we this had it first. or anything. I don't know how you would play COD with a, a Wii. <laughs> Imagine Wii playing it with a N64 controller. <laughs> Yeah, and sixty four controller would just be chaos, just nuts. Yeah, one joystick and a thousand buttons that do nothing. Um, yeah. it doesn't doesn't dumb down anything. It will either only let Switch run against Switch or let or, or oh sorry, this is small for me. I have to maximize it. Yeah, <clears throat> it'll pump out exactly how your system allows it to. Yeah, well, that's the that's the problem I'm talking about. Like, if you're on Switch, it's going to pump out 720p, and you're going to be using terrible Joy-Cons. So you're in a disadvantage automatically. Isn't there you're a not disadvantage getting... in Fortnite if I'm playing on a Switch versus people on the console? Or am I just making uh, that up? Yeah, well, for a while, and this is to John's point uh for a while i'm assuming that's john for a yeah. while uh fortnite's player base did not mold into everyone else they gotcha, were strictly gotcha. a separate server but i think that's kind of changed now i think everybody's included in fortnite now that like no builds there and stuff because you, you can't there's you're not outbuilding uh a, a pc or console player on on a switch that's just not happening but True. with no build around you probably can jump in the action um but yeah he says that's the user's choice if that's the case but yeah i no i get i get it it's the only system, that is that but... is john i'm a, i pulled up the facebook so i can see the names yeah <laughs> so um i get that but at the same time like 
if you have a choice, there is zero reason to wanting it on the Switch. Right. I mean, listen, business-wise, if we're, if we're all adults here, we're talking about business, this is a g- genius move, a genius deal yeah, for Nintendo and Microsoft. So, you know, or not Microsoft, uh, Activision. This so, franchise yeah. makes a billion dollars a year yeah. with every, even if it's a dog shit version of Call of Duty, it still comes out yearly and it still sells well. So right. it's definitely right. a genius move to open up the player base to, to millions of new pe- players and people or whoever. So it's definitely genius. All right, let's move on. Uh, speaking of genius, we got to see uh, the gameplay of suicide squad in this oh, do we even have to talk about this i oh. kind of don't want to but i feel like we should but before we get to it the state of play was roughly 30 to 40 minutes long i th- i think yeah 40 and, minutes, uh, 42 minutes or whatever it was it featured heavy heavy on the vr i don't know about you I'm kind of over VR. Uh, VR one was fun. The only game I truly have a blast with is Beat Saber. Yeah. <laughs> well, Beat Saber is such a good time with VR. Everything else kind of makes me motion sickness. Like I, if I'm playing it for 30 minutes, I'm I'm like, all right, I need to take this off. I'm gonna friggin' throw up on myself. So but that's I just actually me. absolutely loved the first P- uh, PSVR. There's a lot of games on there that worked very, very well. Resident Evil like 8. Astro. What was it? Astro Ast- World? Astro's, Astro World was unbelievable. And, I, and for yeah. a sequel, that would be great. Um, so like I said, Resident Evil 8, No Man's Sky worked. Um, like It completely changed the game in VR for No Man's Sky. Um, there mm-hmm. was Walking Dead, Saints and Sinners, Vader, Immortal. There's a ton of really, really good games. My did only issue the, is it's so Did you so play the expensive. Iron Man one? Yes, or fantastic. Not yet? No, is absolutely. It- Unbelievably fantastic. It's a short game. I think the issue with a lot of the PSVR one games was that the games all felt almost kind of like they were, um, what would you call them? Like just kind of like like uh, meant to showcase one aspect of the VR, and only yeah. a few really gave you the full kind of spectrum. Um, Vader yeah. Immortal was like a full blown, gave you every aspect and really showed you why VR was good. Uh, same thing with Walking Dead Saints and Sinners, Resident Evil Eight, same thing. Um, and I would actually argue that Resident Evil, I'm sorry, Resident Evil 7, Resident Evil 8 on PSVR 2 was definitely a step up from there. Um, but $550 for the VR 2 on a, on a headset that has to connect to the system, which is a, kind of a, a deal breaker for me, is, uh, yeah. is a problem. You know what I mean? If it was $300, makes sense. But and you $550. Could, yeah, and you could plug it to your PC and you could play everything, yes. all right. every game, then it's worth it. Then but... it's worth it you're locked down on the PlayStation and yeah. that kind of blows. Uh, Cause my, my buddy who, who actually got me into uh, getting the PlayStation VR actually regretted right. it. And I'm like, well, thanks for locking me in, man. I mean, yeah. it was my choice. It's, it's you know, my, no, I know, but like, the thing is but, right now, PSVR two, 550 bucks. You have to plug into the system. You can get, yeah. I think it's the Oculus quest two or whatever, or I forget which one it is exactly, but full blown wireless. You don't need to have mm-hmm. a plug into anything. You download the stuck games. They live on the headset, and then you just play wherever you have space. That's a huge benefit. Having one cable even is a pain in the ass because you got to worry about yeah. that cable at all times. Yeah, it looked like I was jacked into the Matrix when I was playing yeah. uh, PlayStation yeah. VR. I was waiting to have to jam something into the back of my neck. Yeah, exactly. But um, I, I will say this about VR. Uh, it, re- it It's... 
it's built for immer immersion, right? It, yes. It's made to have you be immersed in, in this whatever world you're playing. <laughs> However, and I, I said this um, during the state of play, I, sa I say this multiple episodes when we're discussing VR. Um, if, if you're showing me a first person game, right? Yep. And your hands are cut off from your body. That completely breaks immersion for me. Like yeah, the new, um, the new uh, uh, horizon, horizon, right? It, it looks fantastic. I'm not gonna lie, it looks fantastic. But when she's using the bow, her arm is not attached to her body. You just see floating hands everywhere, and that's not immersive to me. <laughs> like, yeah, I guess I guess you can't. It's kind of show you, me. You can't get around. Show it. me show me you're the forearm like why can't you just show me a forearm like coming out and like shooting a gun or whatever like seeing these floating hands everywhere it's like all right well now that i just it breaks the immersion for me i know i'm in like a, a stupid video game with hand, right, floating right. hands and i don't know it, it's nitpicky but for me it's like the whole point of vr is being immersed in this world and that pulls it out for me the only thing that i uh i think the playstation vr2 right now has over the competition having you know pointed out that it's you got to connect with the cable it's expensive is the haptic yeah. feedback built into the controllers mm -hmm. so if you've used the oculus they have like that round bar that goes around your wrist and if you if you just touch the buttons the game recognizes that your fingers are, are down and it yeah. reacts to it with the haptic feedback that the ps5 ps5 has in the controllers now added to the virtual reality from what I under, understand, when you put your hand, your example is like the Horizon game, but slide your hand in the water when it's rushing by, and the controller starts to vibrate in a way that feels like something's brushing across your hand. Yeah. Or the wind hits you and things like that. I could see that being very immersive, mm -hmm. but I, I'm in the same boat as you. When once I was playing Resident Evil 7, and like, you know, or I'm sorry, let's say I was playing Skyrim. And the hand comes up and it's just a wrist and a hand and yeah you know it kind of takes you out of it and also the um the traversal system where you bounce around instead of walk around i understand yeah. that that's there to help people with motion sickness but that's another thing if we're just warping everywhere it just takes you out of the game for me so again yeah. for 550 bucks i feel like we're not exactly so how, there yet how did they do that with iron man since you played it did you, did you just see a floating hand shooting blasters or were you like, did you yes. feel like you were just actually in the helmet? <clears throat> so actually the best thing about Iron Man is, it, you know, it kind of fits Tony Stark's style, right? So uh, you basically hit a button, the front of the helmet will come down. So you have your, your HUD, just like you're in the Marvel movies. And yep. when, you, when you lift your hand up to shoot in front of you, you do see just a floating hand. But when you're flying, your hands are down by your side. You literally control it like he does. So you hit a button to activate the thrusters and hold it. And then you put your hands down and that's how you lift up. And then you you eventually get used to moving around and like controlling yourself. So Does it, it costs that much well more there. money to add a goddamn forearm though? Like, <laughs> you know, I don't even know if it's cost. I think it's more of like doing? the one thing with all VR that I've used and I've used a bunch of them now is at some point you're the, the game's like center of gravity, I guess is the way to, to say it gets a little confused. So your arms, if you have the forearms in there, they're going to cross and bend and do all kinds of weird shit that the hands, if the hands are floating, you don't really see that as much. But there's a button on every VR system I've used that recenters your camera, essentially. And you end up, it's like second nature. You start to hit it all the time because as you're moving around, the camera just starts to lose where, where you, you were originally focused. Um, yeah. I think that's why they take the forearms out, to be perfectly honest. 
Um, I guess. In a game like Beat Saber, you don't. That doesn't matter, right? Because it's just two no. lightsabers floating around. So right. who cares? Exactly. But you know what? I, what works too is in uh, there's a game on PSVR one called. Uh, it was a, a British heist game. I can't think of the name of it now. But in that one, you're just holding the gun. There's mm-hmm. not even a hand. Everything is just it's just the gun floating around. It re- doesn't doesn't bother me as much. I'd almost rather that than seeing the hands. Yeah, if I remember correctly, there was a game called Firewall, and I feel like oh, it Firewall was more. sick. But Firewall yeah. was sick because especially if you got the gun uh, accessory that I had that I got mm-hmm. in the PSVR one, you were physically holding what felt like the gun you were seeing in the game. And right. every little movement, if you just moved it to the side, if you hit a button to reload, touch the trigger, all that stuff was all there. And it just looked phenomenally. So that really didn't ruin the immersion for you at all. Right. Exactly. Because it felt like you're actually doing what you're supposed to be doing. Yes, exactly. And you weren't just floating hands. That was a game um, that was very fun. Yeah. Uh, all right. So did, did they and I, I'm not really remembering uh, th- this state of play was uh, a terrible showcase for them, in my opinion. Yeah, it really wasn't that um, great. Did they announce anything noteworthy besides the Suicide Squad thing in between the VR? I don't really think they did. No. It was more of like no. random independent. A bunch of indie stuff. games, yeah. Yeah. Johnny Muniz, buddy, Johnny Butters Muniz says, uh, bring back Time Crisis. I am Time with Crisis you, man. Was a dope Time game. Crisis is the shit. I love that game. Yeah. I would love that, for them that to that do a VR fire. version of that. All right, so let's get into uh, this stupid game that <laughs> I've grown to hate, uh, Suicide Squad, Kill the Justice League. Uh, we finally got some <gasps> legitimate gameplay footage. And uh, for <laughs> talking about business and being smart business people, um, they probably shouldn't have shown that <laughs> because no. I feel like... They're losing a ton of pre-order sales right now as we speak. This game would have broken showcase. records. If they didn't show mm-hmm. anything besides like a, a cinematic trailer, a couple of cinematic yep. trailers, this game would have broken sales records 100%. Yeah, I mean, the, the last cinematic trailer we got was uh, uh, Batman, you know, killing yep. some of them off or yep. whatever. And um, just that alone had me hype like, oh, this game is going to be yeah, bonkers. It was so and sick. What we got in this showcase was King Shark running around with pistols and, and uh, an assault rifle, and everybody had an assault rifle. It's such it a weird no pivot. To me. It made no it... sense. And, and like, if you're dead shot, right? Yeah, I, I think I said this during the state of play. If you're dead shot, like, there's you need. Like you, you basically need cheats on because there should be zero reason that Deadshot misses his shots. Yep. <laughs> right. Like right. he should always hit his target. So it, I need auto aim to auto aim, you know, lock onto headshots all day, just and never miss a shot. And it would just be like a a boring shooting simulator at that point. Um, but that's who Deadshot is. He doesn't miss. And if you put the control of Deadshot into the players obviously you're not going to hit every shot you're going to be all over the place you're going to be hitting the foot you're going to be right missing you know you're shooting a building whatever and <laughs> it's just not going to be accurate to the character so Wait, that you, alone you have a picture of um, of suicide squad to pull up uh i don't okay. i don't i um, um i think that my biggest problem with the i agree with you about that shot 100 like so and and that leads into my biggest issue with the game the the biggest plus 
to the Arkham series of games, and I'm and all and all of them, including Arkham Origins. I'm gonna throw that in there too, and I'll throw in the Arkham VR. Right, the biggest plus of every single one of those games is they were, in my opinion, the maybe the the second game ever to make you feel like the actual superhero. And I say yeah. second game ever because if we go back to Spider-Man Two on the PS PS Two or whatever it was, mm-hmm. that you know was was a, an unbelievable game. But like Batman Arkham Asylum, you felt like Batman. You had you had all the tools he had. You never felt like if you lost, you didn't feel like it was because the game cheated. It was because you just you know screwed it up. You yeah. always felt like you were in control. You had all the suits, everything, and yeah. they just improved and improved and improved. When they mentioned when the first trailer came out, Suicide Squad, and you had to kill the Justice League, I remember thinking to myself, like to play as the bad guys is going to be phenomenal, especially you know to feel like you're King Shark and to feel like you're Deadshot and all that stuff. Then they released this gameplay trailer, and none of it, none of it feels like you're you're the actual characters you're supposed to be playing. Right. Like Harley <laughs> and Deadshot are the only ones who really can use guns. Boomerang though looks like he's using guns, even though he's supposed to be throwing boomerangs and trick boomerangs and all that shit. King Shark is using like, you just like said, flash his... technology in his boomerangs that can right. like, make him teleport. And it's, all it's like they shoehorned. <laughs> like... This was my problem with Gotham Knights though too. Is like you know Batman, Robin, Batgirl. They're all supposed to feel different, and in yeah. Gotham Knights they kind of came up with these gadgets that they could all use, so that they all essentially played the same. They could all warp. They could all use juggle air. I, it's just the gameplay ruins it for me. Like I don't understand. This does not feel like a continuation of the Arkham world or or that style of gameplay. I, I my feel like thinking, the Gotham Knights gameplay is probably more fun than what we saw from yes, Suicide Squad. I, I, I agree with that. I didn't even play it, and I could probably already tell you. I'd bet, yeah. bet money on that. It's very frustrating because I was so hyped for this game, especially with the idea of you know going kind of like the Injustice route with Superman being a bad guy, yep. like. I, I really thought this was going to be fantastic. And, you know, it's just weird to me that they would make this choice. You know what I mean? They clearly don't. Maybe they just forgot why people like the Arkham game so much. Because it yeah. wasn't just about being a superhero. It was about feeling like Batman. That's 100% mm-hmm. why people like the Arkham games. And here, yeah. it does, like King Shark, the moment they showed King Shark jumping in the air and shooting guns, I was out. King yeah. Shark is a brute. Yeah. I mean, he's supposed to be a, a muscle guy, a Hulk, a Hulk type. Like, yeah, yeah, he's a Hulk type, a tank. He you runs know? around and smashes. He's shooting guns. I just don't understand. It's it's the same dumb decision that the Resident Evil movies made when they made Nemesis start throwing karate kicks. You know what I mean? It makes no <laughs> sense to me. Why would you do this kind of nonsense? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Cobra Kai Nemesis. Uh, all right. Well, I don't want I don't want to harp on this game too much. Uh, it, this this game this game officially became uh as you said it during the the showcase a wait till the cinematics are all on youtube kind of movie watching experience and not playing the actual game i mean how sad is that though that that's what we're gonna do yeah. for what i was excited about i mean i was amped about this mm-hmm I had this thing marked on the calendar ready f- to purchase and uh, they completely out, you know, they, w- what is the word? Undersold me uh, or, uh, oversold I don't me. Know. I don't know. Yeah. They, they just completely killed my excitement <sighs> for the game and I'm no longer purchasing it. It's just, it's a, it's a sad world we live in that that's the case, you know, yeah. a follow up from Rocksteady in the Arkhamverse. 
Yeah. And uh, or maybe not the Arkham. That's what's so frustrating because it's from Rocksteady and we th- we're thinking we're getting this crazy heavy combat, you know, uh, DC universe, and we're just getting a, a third person shooter. Yeah, yeah, like it's a, it's such a, a letdown. Honestly, it's just yep. a letdown. I was like, like to me, if they showed us if the entire gameplay video, to your point, was Deadshot, and he was just headshotting everybody, and they were and they flat out said. You don't need any skill if you play as Deadshot. He's like a, a an easy choice, like you know, mm-hmm. the easy version of the game. I would have been okay yeah. with it because at least it would have made sense to the character. You know, yep. I agreed. My original thought was that uh, Suicide's Kill the, Kill the Justice League was going to be each um, hero, I guess you want to call them, would have their own levels, and each level would feel different. So like Deadshot yeah. would have maybe sniping levels or whatever, and they would maybe make it more arcadey. Um, King Shark would have more tank levels so on and so forth boomerang might have more like of the predator challenges where you got to mm-hmm. use his gadgets to get through a, a room like that wouldn't make sense to me but for yeah, them to, it, to turn it into what they did and i you know it's, it's great just that it's you, you could be but... any character on any any uh mission and you're just shooting right and that's just dumb it's just the dumbest thing honestly yeah um yeah all right well let's uh move on to uh the Nintendo Direct that happened probably three or four weeks ago, but uh, yep, yep. I didn't mention it in the last episode. So I wanted to briefly go over it. Did you uh, catch the Tears of the Kingdom trailer that they uh, Yes, sir. Not only did I catch it, I've watched it. I watched the footage they gave us multiple times already. Yeah. So, uh, again, now, I, I, I sound like a Nintendo hater, and it's mainly because of their choice of graphical power that is I feel like criminal in this day and age of uh, consoles, but uh, Breath of the Wild was one of the games that actually did look good on the Switch, and I'm super excited for the next installment. Um, this game, to me, looks fantastic. It, I mean, I mean, oh, it yeah. looks pretty much oh, yeah. the same as the other one. However, they're adding sky elements, you know, more flying, uh, uh, cloud hopping, basically. And uh, they tease a big bad in this trailer, but they don't let you know who it is. And right. I'm curious, are they is this a Zelda game that's going to go away from Ganon or are we getting another iteration of Ganon? I think they're going to go away from Ganon. Uh, that's my guess. Similar to Majora's Mask, it'll be a different villain. Uh, I'm actually wondering if at some point you have to work with Ganon, which would be sick. Um, there actually is a theory based off of stuff in the footage they showed that you're not playing as link. You're playing as a younger version again. And um, almost in the sense that we're, like, so breath of the wild was confirmed to take place at the end of the Zelda timeline. So it's mm-hmm. the most, I guess, recent game in the, out of all the Zelda games. Right. And there's a theory going around, which to me sounds super interesting that what we're going to find out, you know, either in this game or at some point is that, Link's whole story and every game we've played and every adventure he's been through leads to him becoming Ganon and essentially going back in time as Ganon to undo certain things. And he kind of keeps losing to himself. And every game was him trying to trying to do something, but his younger self is the one who stops him. You That's know what I mean? Interesting theory. As make it almost like a big time loop, which is a yeah. super interesting theory if they do it the right way. Yeah, I don't know how they would pull that off, but that would be interesting. Yeah, uh, I really hope in this game, though, um, 
we actually go back to the roots of Zelda and give us temples to explore because so. Breath of the Wild, we had zero temples. It was all um, these quick little stupid puzzles to get the, um, uh, what the hell are they called? The orbs. Champ- Spirit orbs. The, yeah, the, uh, the robots. So they're the oh, champions yeah, yeah, or they whatever they're champions. called. So my problem um, is I don't want them to remove that stuff. Because those were cool, but I want them to add a couple of legit dungeons, long form yeah. dungeons with multiple rooms, multiple floors, multiple bosses, like something that you can play through multiple times with different shrines. Like, layouts. That's that was it. The yeah. shrines. Yeah, I like the um, shrines. The idea of having yeah, the no. little puzzles and challenges was great, but yep. I want them to add. I agree more of like the classic Zelda dungeons. In there. Yeah, uh, the shrines were great as you know exploration filler. Where you you know you're just running around, you find a shrine, you solve the puzzle, and you get the reward, right? That's perfectly fine. Uh, when it comes to the story, let's be real. Breath of the Wild had uh, very little story until you got to the final castle. You know, Pretty until much. you got to the, the Hyrule Castle. Well, the, the, so it was actually there was only two missions in the entire game that had story. That had yeah. a real story. It was the the main mission, right? Kill Ganon. And then yep. the other one was to find all those memories. Yep. Otherwise, everything else was just little side filler things that were fun. Didn't really do exactly. much, you know? Um, like, uh, let's say uh, Ocarina of Time, right? So that, for me, is my, my uh, number one Zelda game of all time. Uh, it beats out Breath of the Wild by far in my in my opinion people say that one's the best whatever story wise um, I, I could see that i think gameplay wise uh breath of the wild is my favorite gameplay sure um because i feel like you, you had more control of link but with that being said uh you were able to really and it was like by choice almost you were able to um, go into a dungeon or, or a temple, right? Uh-huh. And you had multiple big bads. They weren't just a guardian robot, right? You right. had multiple big bads, uh, and at the end of it, you got a you got a weapon, or you got a shield, or you got s- some sort of device that helped you progress in the story further. And, and so, like, remember in uh, um, Ocarina, you had to go into the well in the town, yes. right? And the whole purpose of going into the well was to get this lens that lets you see things, right? That you would normally not be able to see. Uh, In the sand temple, you had to get the mirror shield. And the mirror shield would actually help you in the boss fight deflect magic spells or whatever it was. Like, you had these things that you were gunning for that would help you in a boss fight down the road. So why can't we go back to that and incorporate these temples well, and give us and, and give us things that are going to help us in future boss fights? So I, my thing is I want them, I agree that I want them to add the, the, the dungeons and give us the ability to almost like level ourselves up in a sense, to right. prepare ourselves for the final battles. But I don't want them to lose that freedom of if I just want to, find one sword one shield and just see how i do with ganon mm-hmm. i like the idea of being able to just kind of test yourself you know what i mean and yeah. you, we've seen people beat ganon with a stick within 15 mm-hmm. minutes like you know what i mean so i want i, I would there is a, a spot there where it's a happy medium of the two and they can well it can it can become it. a choice of what you select in your inventory but at the same time 
um, if you if you want to do it proper, then you have to go to this temple and you have to defeat this guy yeah, and yeah. you can open this chest and you would I get don't hate mirror that. shield I mean, or whatever. Is, like it's, it's a classic Zelda just, thing, right? Right. Exactly. That, so. Just go back to the basics. Uh, it wasn't broken, so there was no reason to fix it essentially. And hopefully we go back to that in some fashion. I will Maybe say there's a that, sky um, temple and that's why we're up in the clouds. Who knows? Well, so there's another theory because of all the sky stuff that um, basically there's going to be a lot of references to Skyward Sword, which yeah. is one of the few Zelda games I never really got into because the Wii controller, the Wiimote was just garbage. Um, but I like the idea. I don't I wish didn't, it wasn't $70. They just came, didn't they just come on with the remake on that, though? They did. And I started playing it and it's still garbage. Oh, shit. Oh, really? Interesting. Yeah, because even even I so I bought the game to get into it and I still plan on playing it, but they didn't remove the motion controllers. So if I'm using the joystick in order to swing my sword, I, the way they do it is in the right joystick. You have to swing the sword. Like if I want to swing to the left, slice from my right to my left, I need to use the joystick and push it, go to the right and then sw- slide it left in order to do the motion. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's a little novel, but it's annoying. And yeah, but every enemy is built around that. Some enemies block high, some enemies block vertical. Like you need to be able to control it that way. It's just not good enough, you know, to get there. So it's very frustrating to play, in my opinion. Um, however, my biggest issue with Breath of the Wild Tears of the Kingdom, and I can't wait for the game, is seventy dollars for what looks like an add-on to the previous game is steep. Yeah, I, you know, and I get that they added this whole sky world and whatever, but we're not getting some new map, some new brand new area. It's it's no, the Breath of the, the Wild map. map, the Breath of the Wild game, just with added stuff. So to yep. me, that's the definition of DLC. I would have paid forty dollars right. for it. Like this is an though, expansion. That's what it is. It's an expansion. You know what I mean? And I paid twenty dollars for the uh, master trials and all that other stuff. I'm totally worth down to pay a little extra money to get more content in this world. Cause the, the map, like you said, is beautiful. It's still to this yeah. day, probably the best looking uh, switch game, but mm-hmm. you were spending $70. That's a full price game. You know what I mean? That's nothing. And that's actually more than Nintendo usually charges for their games. The only so, thing they can really do to justify really is um, you bust open some of the mountains and you find new uh, temples and things yeah. like that. And yeah. like a- areas that you previously weren't able to get to. Right. Um, I mean, my my biggest problem with the the original game was everything breaking. I I got so tired of that. Yeah. <laughs> After a while, it's like you swing your your sword a couple times and it breaks, and you got to go to another sword, which is uh you know l- not as powerful. Yeah. And now you're fighting with the you know crappier sword, and then that breaks, and you just keep going down your inventory list of shitty uh, swords and things that you had in that, there. that absolutely did get tiring and to me i felt like it was just their way of forcing you to spend 20 dollars to do the master trials so the master sword yeah. would never break or never run out of energy because is that what the master trials did it, it let that you was the, use the, the master thing. sword okay. yeah the big thing was once you the master trials which really was a fun a fun addition it was three kind of sets of challenges there was an easy one and each one you start with nothing you have no armor no ammo you start the trial, let's say it's like seven or eight stages, and you have to just find your resources. It's like playing the game from scratch. Get through it. Yeah. The medium one's a little tougher. Each time when you pass the easy one, pass the medium one, it makes the master sword a little stronger, meaning like instead of 30 power, it's 40 power, then 50 power. Right. And then when you beat the, the final one, the hard one, the master sword sits at 60 power, which is one of the stronger weapons in the game, but it doesn't run out of energy anymore. 
So you don't. So you beautiful. can use it as much as you want, and you never have to worry about it. You know, being unavailable. Um, that would make the game so much more um, have a replayability. One hundred percent with that. The only problem is, is you do it after the game's over. So, so yeah, like, it's like right. You, you know, unless you really want to run around some more, you're done. Yeah, that that's a shame. All right. Uh, well, I'm I'm without all that being said, I'm still excited to play this. Uh, like you said, seventy dollars is steep for what's possibly just an expansion, but um. Yeah we're all idiots and we're going to buy it and play it. Yeah, so. I'm, I'm a big kid, right? How can I not play yep. the sequel to my favorite Zelda Zel- game? Dude, so. Zelda's a great franchise. You have to play it. If you have a Switch, you have to play it. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's, that's a fact. That's a straight yeah. fact right there. Why have a Switch if you're not going to play the Zelda games? 100%. Uh, all right, so let's move on. And we are going to tackle something that I think is very interesting. Um, Bloomhouse Entertainment uh announced that they are diving into the gaming verse shout out to mvp uh yeah. and they're gonna start creating horror games Good. which i absolutely love i yeah. love this we need we honestly need more movie studios that have writers and everything and people know who know how to write stories yeah. step into the gaming world i mean games Listen, are cinematic experiences on their own until dawn is probably the most underrated game I've ever played. It's so that good, game, man. It's so fantastic. It, the story is built off your decisions. Um, your certain characters either stay alive or die depending on how you play the game. It's all strictly based off your decision on how you want to play it, which is fantastic. You kind of mold the story how you see fit. And, and you had powerhouse actors yeah. in the game. Uh, as these characters and i i feel like that game just did not get enough love because it was so well done it definitely did not that game actually is to me what quantic dream wants their games to be um mm-hmm. detroit become human was definitely a good game but i pa- love detroit become human but but the pacing on until dawn and all the callbacks and the um, like the homages to like classic like slasher flicks and horror movies. Yeah, it really to me is like the pinnacle of what that style of game can do. Yeah, I loved it. I loved it so so much. I, all the voice acting was great. The story was interesting enough. The replay yeah, had, value what? was good. You had Mr. Robot. <laughs> you had Mr. Robot himself. Hayden Panettiere. Um, Hayden Panettiere. What's the guy's name? Uh, uh, he was the old owl from uh, Watchmen. I can't think of his name now, but he's a you know, famous remember. actor. Dude, that cast was heavy though. It was loaded. Super um, did loaded. you play the quarry? Because that was made by the same group that did Until Dawn. I, didn't I you know what, man? Play it yet? If but... you haven't played any of the games in the uh, Dark Pictures anthology games, those are all the same style of game where it's just like this mm-hmm. story-based game and your decisions matter and whatever. I've downloaded a bunch of them because you know they generally are free on PlayStation Plus, but I have not played any of them, and I, I feel like I keep waiting till October. And then October yeah. comes, and some some other big game comes out and just distracts. Right, but those are all you're, great you're in the season of gaming, man. October right. is powerhouse month. Right. Um. But yeah, so the quarry, similarly to Until Dawn, is a game that I want to check out because it's very much similar in fashion. I, I have think it there's actually, I, it. I think there's actually some sort of connection to Until Dawn in the quarry. Like I think it's all kind of the same uh, universe. Um, it could be. I know that they're world. all meant to be in the same universe, like the Quarry, yeah. um, Man of Medan. There's a few of them actually that are all meant to be kind of like one big, one big universe and one big story told over a whole bunch of games. Mm-hmm. 
Until Dawn is so underrated. Uh, I don't know. Is that Butters? Who said that? Uh, until yeah. Dawn is, yep. They're Butters. agreeing with us, though. 100%. Until Dawn was a fantastic game. It was only like 11 hours of story, but yeah. that those 11 hours were such a wild ride. It was completely worth it. Um, that was, so that's the one mistake that I think uh, Quantic Dream made with Detroit Become Human. So 11 hours or so. Yeah, I think 11 hours is a good length for a game like that because it doesn't seem daunting if you want to go back and make different decisions. But in Detroit Become Human, it's such a long game to get through the first time that the idea of going back with different decisions, it was a little like, kind of tough for me yeah. to make myself do that. Yeah, because there wasn't really much like to do. That My biggest thing with Detroit Become Human, there wasn't enough to do. Right. Like with your character you, you yeah you were yeah. just kind of in the story going from scene to scene selecting your decisions and moving along like yeah. there was yeah. you weren't like able to really run around and explore the world you're in and you know do certain things but uh i still enjoyed it it, it was kind of long but um the story itself was so so compelling well, I feel like the, my one thing with the Quantic Dream, not, not to get too off topic, is that every single game they make always starts off very slow. And you have to kind of just kind of get through the slog of the first, say, three or four hours. But then once it picks up and once the, the pacing starts to jump in, then it becomes some of the best stories that you are, you're ever going to see in a video game. Yeah. But it does take a little bit to get going more often than not. Yeah. And sometimes that just, you know, uh, it, you lose your players in the first three hours yes, if no, it's, it's not fun. It's true. Um, but yeah, so with Bloomhouse starting to create games, I'm hoping they they really look into something like Until Dawn and uh, kind of cre- not not copy them, but do a game in that type of fashion where yes. you're in control of the story and how it plays out, and uh, <laughs> you really give us like a, a thrilling horror movie type of video game and there's definitely a market for it there's 100 a market for a hard we absolutely need it and and there's plenty of people who are going to be ready to buy that yeah and this is a perfect segue before you segue what i want is for them to make a friday the 13th game or nightmare on street whatever but in that same vein Mm story-based you make decisions and you replay because you want to see who you can get to survive that's what i want yeah, well, speaking of uh, Friday the 13th, and this game is pretty much, uh, 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 I mean, the, the Dead by Daylight lifers are probably yeah. going to to say this. It's pretty much a clone of Friday the 13th. Yes. It's a survival it game. And this is where gaming's going in reverse, where Bloomhouse is coming into the gaming world to create their horror movie as a video game, where Dead by Daylight is announced to be coming out with a, a live action movie. Now, I, I, I'm excited in the sense of we're getting more live action video games, but in, in a game like this, where your main mission is just survive the player that's the killer, right? Yep. Um, is this just going to be like another Jason movie? Like, how, how is it going to play out? So there's, there's an interesting argument here um uh, you know as like the g-gen movie guy uh, I, like, I like to think of myself there's an argument over Debatable. yeah do we need, <laughs> do we need games that don't already have a well-written script and story adapted into movies or should we focus on the games that already have that 
So, and the yeah. reason I'm asking is like a game like, you know, so we, the last of us, we all know is just doing phenomenal on screens right now, but it there's an argument that the game is already cinematic enough. You don't need a live action version dead by daylight. On the other hand, doesn't really have a story. It, you know, it's really just a, a turn it on, you jump into a session, start playing kind of game, but that gives the creators of the movie more kind of leeway to create characters that they want and give them backstories and all that stuff. You know, but here, here, here's the problem, and uh, I, I, I somewhat agree with what you're saying, right? But when you're doing a live action adaptation, uh, it's nice to have the creative already done for you. Um, right. The story's already there; you can kind of pull from it. As we're seeing, finally, in The Last of Us, uh, an actual adaptation that's taking the source material and running with it. Right? Yes. 100%. And they're still able, they're still able to, you know, create little things that aren't part of the game yeah, and make, make it live in that same world. Um, the problem I'm seeing now with Dead by Daylight, is it going to fall in, under the Mortal Kombat thing where Mortal Kombat's a fighting tournament, right? Yeah. Not too much story. There's not really much going on. So, yeah, the creators have all this room to now just make this wild wor world, right? But then we end up with a character like Cole, right? <laughs> and well, then no. we end up hating the movie because of that, or at least I did. And is something like Dead by Daylight, where there is no story per se, and they run with it? Is are they just going to create things just to, because they can, and then we end up hating? So I think that movie. I think that's the million dollar question right there. Because so to your point, Mortal Kombat up until the the reboot, right? MK Nine, I think it was. Um, the story, you're right. It was like non-existent. I mean, it was there if you went and looked for it, but the game wasn't about the story. And then they made the story a much bigger part of the game. And I think the reason why many people, myself included, I agree with you, didn't like the movie as much because of Cole, whatever his name was, is because we have a story. So why are you changing things for no reason? Yeah. And I, my thing is, I the 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 other side of that is a game like Dead by Daylight where there really is no story. Okay, great. The producers and the writers can go ham on creating their own story, but that mm -hmm. means that the adaptation part is about the gameplay. And right. how do you really adapt gameplay onto the screen? It's, you know, you, you put four against one I'm... essentially. It's just not, you know, you find a reason to put them all in a in a arena essentially and have them duke yeah. it out. Right. That's basically the gameplay. So it's like I, you know, what I. I to me, if they go the same route or a similar route as uh, Cabin in the Woods, if you saw that with Chris Hemsworth, um, it was coming out a bunch of years ago. Mm -hmm. it, it, you, they basically came up in that movie. Spoiler alert: There's a uh, uh, a company that works for essential demons, and they need to satiate these demons by sacrificing a group of people once a year. And the way they do that is they manipulate them. They don't kill them themselves. They manipulate them to go to some haunted cabin. And then they essentially lock them there. And they have to somehow survive. But the goal is to have each one killed one at a time. That is similar, I guess, to how Dead by Daylight could be. Um, but if you just try to take a main... Because you don't have a main character in Dead by Daylight. You know what right. I mean? So it's you're hard just to You're just like your random players trying to survive a random killer. Yeah, so you know, to me, or you're the killer, <laughs> or you're the killer. Maybe if they gave us a movie where we're actually following the killer the whole time, that could be an yeah. interesting way to take it. But the point is, on a game like this, there's not a lot for the creative to work with when making right. it a movie. 
Whereas that's a game why like, it, like last to me, us, it kind of that. That's why to me, it kind of seems like we're just going to get like another Michael Myers or another Jason where you're right. you're stuck in the woods and you're just being hunted by the psychopath. You know what is you know who would be good for this movie? And, and this is going to sound ridiculous. Yui Bowl. He would be good to direct this movie because his video mm. game adaptations are legit. Like, I'm just going to take as much gameplay and shove it into the movie and people have to like it. And that's basically yeah. all you need for this movie. You know what I mean? Yeah. You, I think that I really think the goal with these, especially with people, the studios seeing The Last of Us success, I think the goal going forward needs to be to find games with a narrative already, where a narrative is a big focus of the game and adapt those to the screen. Yeah. That's the, that's the right way to do it. I think that's the right, right approach because, like you said, it's already the creative's there. So you get to focus on adapting the game versus creating your own stories, which is where people mm-hmm. screw up. Mm-hmm. And Mortal Kombat's a great example of that because Cole yep. being the main character ruined it for a lot of people. Yeah. All because and- somebody had to say, well, I don't get it. So let's put a brand new character in there and have him ask questions. It's just the dumbest thing in the world when the fans yeah, are the ones who are going to watch the movie. Now, again, it, it kind of goes to like Quan Ha. Like, <laughs> yes, yeah, 100%. Like, it's just oh, a God, random character. Thanks that, for reminding me. I'm having nightmares yeah, about her now. The it, It's just another idea from the creators to add into a show that already has a script. And it, it, that's what makes this game more uh, scary as an adaptation. Because, yeah. it like, again, yeah, you can you have the like the world is your oyster at this point you could do whatever you want with it but um with no clear direction is it just going to be a mess you know yeah I, I listen i'll beat this this dead horse into the ground we have not gotten a good resident evil adaptation resident oh, evil 100 resident evil is a nightmare game of story the, there's the whole game is built around lore and cinematics and all that nonsense and we can't get one person to just go Here's the here's the script, right? Let's take the, let's get the handwritten script from Resident Evil One. That's your script for the first movie or show or whatever. And let's just yeah. let's just focus on that. So instead, we're going to go to a game that arguably has zero story, and let's just adapt that now. It makes it just makes no sense. And I don't know that Dead by Daylight is popular enough where people are even asking for a live action version. It's very popular. It yeah, but, a very but are people asking game. for a live action version of it? I don't. I don't think so. I don't think anyone's ever asked for saying. that. But like maybe a fan film on YouTube. But I don't think yeah. anyone cares. No one wants to see it on the big screen. They want to yeah. play it. That's the, it's not the kind of game that you want to watch somebody play. You want to play the game, right? Um. All right. Well, it's a good segue into the entertainment verse because we're <laughs> we're we're gonna leave gaming temporarily yes. and uh, really dive into some entertainment news. And up first is a doozy. <laughs> um, now, play in this world with me, Chris. Uh, I'll try. It's DC. I'm, a MC, I'm it's an MCU DC. fanboy. I'm a Marvel fanboy, remember? Yeah. Uh, you're not more than uh, the captain, though. The captain's well, the captain, ultimate he's, fanboy. He's the Marvel fanboy of all fanboys. He's the ultimate fanboy. But, all right, so live in this world with me, right? Um. DC is uh, DC slash Warner Brothers is open to the idea of licensing their um, their products, their their stories, their movies, Mm -hmm. shows or whatever to other entities, to other streaming platforms. Right. Right. So. If let's say I I, and I believe Snyderverse is part of this because. 
I think the whole Snyder cut and things like that, that stuff's going to end up on Netflix in some form. So if this is the case, right. And you're able to license out these characters and, and, and you're, you're licensing, licensing out uh, the world, but not specifically the characters. It's not going to be like a, a Fox Marvel thing where right. you can't use these characters unless, unless the contract's up and you buy it back from us or whatever. Right. It's nothing like that. It, it's we're allowing you to have these characters to play in your playground and we're going to do the same in our playground with the same characters, right? So if that is the case, could the Snyderverse, hashtag restore the Snyderverse for all, all the fans out there, could you just have Elseworlds on Netflix with the Snyderverse and have Snyder actually complete his vision on Netflix where you can get uh, Henry Cavill back as Superman and you can have... Um, Gal Gadot and Aquaman and the Flash and whatever and Ben Affleck returning as Batman uh, and, and you really flesh out the story that Zack Snyder really wanted to play and, and, and shoot. I don't and, know, and man. I just feel like I, I just feel like Zack Snyder. You know, I I would want to stay away from those characters and his story. Let it be done with Justice League. You know, it's over. I don't really think we need to revisit that stuff and. Mm-hmm. We've talked about this before when James Gunn made his announcements. Um, you know, DC right now needs to to do a better job of showing us the cohesion of what's coming. James Gunn made I his agree. announcements, but you know, then we still got Shazam coming out, and it's kind of still up in the air of whether he'll come back and be Shazam yeah. in the James Gunn world or the DCU. We have Blue Beetle coming out still, which we're told had nothing to do with the old stuff anyway. So yeah, it's just an it's easy transition. Like, on its own. like, and then on top of all that, we still have another Joker movie coming out. It's uh, you know yep. the Joker sequel. We have um, uh, another Batman coming out that's not in the in the DCU, but doesn't right. want to intersect with what the DCU is doing. But right. you know, is an Elseworlds. Like it's still a little all over the place. And yep. to me, you know, maybe down the road I'll change my mind because I did like some of the stuff that Schneider put into his movies, but. I feel like the smart decision is just to stay away from it. Don't even bother, you know, like, like you said, uh, licensing these characters out and just move forward. Show us what's coming first and what we can expect. And then maybe you can trickle some of the stuff back in. It's way too soon to be, to be, you know, dropping these little tidbits that all of a sudden yeah. now we, some of the Snyderverse characters will be back. I, I just don't like it. For the, for the most part, I agree with you because I'm a big proponent of uh, the shared universe and because we had that blueprint and we know it works. Um, I, I, that's what I want for DC and DC really has an opportunity to, uh, to really um, grab hold of the market. I feel like if, if, they, if Gunn does what he wants to do and it actually succeeds. However, but because we have all this Elseworld stuff going on and because we have a whole Batman verse that's not touching the DCU and all this stuff already exists and it's already happening. Yep. Why not just do it? Yeah. Why not? You why know, not just not capitalize? Point. Like you you already have a, a, a rabid fan base that wants more Snyderverse, right? They've been screaming for it forever. 
and myself included uh, before this, this right, whole James right. Gunn thing happened. I was like, I want to go back into that world and have it done properly, you know, not, you know, have we didn't screw everything up because the, the Snyder cut w- was a masterpiece to me. I, I absolutely loved it. It was four hours. I had never felt bored in, um, but could this work on Netflix? That's the question. And I feel like it could because Netflix very rarely, if they're taking control, they very rarely produce a bad show or a bad movie. Um, and, and I feel like if you have Netflix's backing and you have, and, and Snyder clearly has a, a relationship with Netflix with, you know, Army of the Dead and all that stuff, like you already have this um, relationship brewing with between the two why why not go that route if you're netflix like why not be like yo dc let me get superman and batman i'll, I'll play around with them and create and rebuild the snyderverse and ha- let him do his thing and it won't have zero impact on what you're doing on hbo and everything else in the movies and whatnot we're just going to be you know doing our little thing over here on netflix see and- i kind of feel like instead of why, why not give him another see my thing with Zack snyder's i feel like he's he can build out his own universe and his own stories. And almost like I would almost prefer if they gave him free reign to just build an entire universe of his, out of his own brain from, from, from the beginning to end, create the characters, the story of the world. And let's just see what he comes up with. Cause he has a unique vision in a lot of ways. Yeah. I so have I an interesting question. I have an interesting question for you and yeah. it has nothing to do with DC, but it's in the superhero world. If there is one character and i don't know the answer to this because i just thought of this question if there is one character on the marvel side marvel Uh mcu that was being helmed by Zack snyder what character would fit his style i think he would have done an excellent job with moon knight Mm -hmm. i think blade would also be right up his alley um but honestly if if they gave him free reign on a character to give him a movie and build a trilogy i would love to see him do ghost rider Ooh, that's a good one. I, like I feel that. like I feel like his it's it would it would be a slower movie, right? Because all his movies are yep. kind of slow for the first like two thirds. Yeah, but slow, the, dark. But the visuals he comes up with, the style he uses, and then when the action does kick in, and and he, he can kind of just kind of run with it. I feel like Ghost Rider would give him so many tools to just go absolutely berserk. Hundred percent. I love that answer. That's a great answer. I'm on board with the Zack Snyder Ghost Rider. Um, all right. So I don't know. For me personally, I feel like a, a Snyderverse could exist in the Elseworlds on yeah, Netflix. Yeah. And um, I wouldn't hate it. It would just be, you know, it would just be no different than me watching Robert Pattinson do his thing in the Badverse. Right. So right. at well, that listen, point, why not? You know? and, and, and like we always say, right, we're all a bunch of jerk offs. So at the moment yeah. they fully announce it and they say, oh, say yeah, lightly. by the way, in, you know, ne- the way Netflix is, too, they'll be like, oh, by the way, tonight, a new Batman's coming out with Ben Affleck. I will be running to the TV to Bro, watch that freaking movie. Everyone's head would explode. Yeah. 100%. Everybody would watch that. One hundred percent. Honestly, and especially because the, the Batfleck is back uh, back in the flash. Right. And that like and he has a prominent role in it, it seems like. I will get. Oh, I will man. say in in that vein, if they were to do that, if Zack Snyder got to redo Wonder Woman, because Wonder Woman eighty four was just garbage, and yep. even do a full blown cyborg that movie, that was not in under his control at that point. No, it wasn't. It was, it was a part of his world, but it was someone else. Yeah, 
Um, but if they let him kind of bring Wonder Woman and Cyborg back into the fold the way he envisioned, um, yeah. I feel like he could really turn the opinion, you know what I mean, on uh, what yeah. people thought of those characters. 100%. And on top of that, the actor that plays Cyborg would have zero problem yes. playing that character with Netflix. He just wants nothing to do with WB. Yeah, no, I agree. I, I can see that for sure. And then uh, for all you weird Ezra fans out there who keeps giving me crap, uh, I don't know if you've been seeing the comments on our uh, Flash reaction. There's a lot of Ezra lovers out there that I didn't know exist. But um, it, it would be another world where Ezra exists after Flashpoint. I just, man, fucking, yeah. I don't even want to talk about the Flash. Do we have to talk about the Flash? Yeah. No, oh, we're moving God. on. I can't actually no. Yeah, I know, I know that's, that's what's next, but like <laughs> I just can't I'm so frustrated with the Flash. Like I know just I the know. show, the movie. I know. Such a good character that they're just messing up. I know. Um speaking of messing up the flash now, we're in the final season of the Flash on CW. The Arrowverse is officially dying. And um I was really excited for the season because I feel like Outside of Arrow, this was the one show in the Arrowverse that stuck to its guns and did their own thing and yeah. really made it work for a CW type of show. Um, but when I tell you that this season, season nine, is super CW-fied, <laughs> yeah. I, that's, that's saying it lightly. Uh, our big bad we finally got to see uh, in the latest episode is... Uh, red death and red death naturally is a character from is actually batman right. it's, it's a version of batman who kills the flash and harnesses his power his speed force right uh we're getting that in some weird version on the cw right now where batwoman goes missing and this isn't the same batwoman that was ruby rose when it first came out Yep. which wasn't great, but I grown to like it as the season went on. I'll be honest. Uh, and then she decided she wanted nothing to do with it. And they recast it. I hated the new version of, of Batwoman. It was very CW it was very boring to me. I was not, I was not excited for this story. And then when they announced that red death and she takes the helmet off and it's her and yeah. it's because Batwoman's been missing for four days and now she's, you know, harnessing flash power and she's potentially from another multiverse universe or whatever. I'm like, what are we doing? I was so frustrated watching this, man. I don't know if you're keeping up with it, but I have not at this been, point, like, yeah, I, I, the Flash has become a show, and this is sad to say because I agree with you. It was basically my favorite CW show, but the Flash has become the show that I just wait until it's on Netflix, and then I just watch the whole thing. Yeah, I get you that. Um, because it's the final season, I'm 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 treating it with some respect, I guess. But yeah. uh, it's not it's not an easy watch at this point. And don't get me wrong, you know me, I love Grant Gustin and what he does yeah. with the Flash character. I Hell think yeah. he is a fantastic Flash and would fit the movie bill um, if they would allowed him. But um, I, I feel like he. He gets locked down uh, onto this weird creative uh, storytelling that the CW wants to do and Berlanti wants to do. And it's like 
he has he's he's stuck in this weird yeah um, version of the flash that he, he can't escape and i i feel bad for him in that aspect because when the show started uh, it, it took off running and literally pun intended and um you you got some unique vision uh, versions of you know um reverse flash and things like that and tom cavanaugh who crushes it as reverse flash as you board on and you got all these cool things and to be the final season of this show and to not have tom lead the charge as the big bad villain in some fashion right um i think that's a swing and a miss and to have it be uh, a character in Batwoman that nobody really liked to begin with after the recasting and the show being canceled for not being good. Um, I think uh, it, it's, it's I, bad. I, my man. problem. I, I like the idea of Oliver Queen coming back as green arrow. You know, that's why I'm watching at this point. I want to see, you know, how this thing wraps up and how he comes back and just get that nostalgic feel before the yeah. show it, uh, closes. I don't know. I'm not. I'm just not interested in the show. It got a little too samey for me. Yeah. Um, every season was, you know, to me, it's like the fact that he's still dealing with issues of, with time travel after he's yeah. been told a million times that he's not going to mess with the timeline anymore. Well, yeah, that's it's just, just like, running enough. Is that's enough, the running dude, like, joke with the Flash in general? It's just how does Barry fuck up the timeline today? You know. <laughs> yeah. That's just the Flash in general. So it's kind of funny, but just the way they're going about it this season is not it for me. Um, I'm hoping uh, I'm hoping Red Death is more of like a a mid-season villain. And then the real thing starts to close the season for the final five episodes or something like that. But it doesn't seem like we're going that route. I think she's uh, it for the remaining. But I'm wondering if we'll um... see. I'm like, I think also a big thing that's kind of soured my my view of the Flash is uh, the fact that again DC is like refused to incorporate the show into their universe, and I know now they're yeah. changing it, but we've had so many seasons of the Flash and Green Arrow, Legends mm-hmm. of Tomorrow that mean nothing now, you know. And I know again, I know not everything has to be a shared universe, but in the comic book world, it works a lot better when they are a shared universe. Right, and, and they established that. Grant Gustin's Flash exists right. in the multiverse of the movies. Uh, right. Because I forgot about Ezra that. Miller, yeah. yeah. In, in the crisis uh, event, Ezra Miller appears in Star Labs in front of uh, Grant Gustin. So there is some sort of uh, multiverse thing happening here. So right. you could go down that route again and be like, hey, we plucked him from the multiverse. We already established he exists out there. I would have preferred so, that. But yeah, 100%. Uh, we'll move on from DC now and uh, go to Mandalorian. Now, I'm glad you're with me on this one. Yeah, uh, this dude, is going to be a non-spoiler review because uh, we're we're going to deep dive this on the theater room on Tuesday. But I want to get your overall thoughts on this episode before I dive into it. Uh, what do you think of episode one? So it's just a, a phenomenal start to the season. I think... Uh, I really loved the episode. I know we're not going to do the deep dive, so I'll, I'll avoid spoilers, give people a few more days to watch. But to me, this was a great way, a, a phenomenal way to just kind of get us back in the mindset of where Mando was going to kind of mm-hmm. reintroduce us to the world that Mando inhabits and to give us, it gave us a very clear picture of what we're shooting for, what the, what the main mission is here. Um, yeah. 
and it's just, it's just great. I, I, I can't stress this enough for anyone who maybe hasn't watched and is thinking about it, but is not really sure, especially if you're an MCU fan. And we've all talked about the uh, inconsistency with the visuals on the MCU side of the Disney Plus shows. Mando, in particular, is unbelievably polished with the way everything mm-hmm. looks. There yep. is like I have zero complaints about anything about the outfits, the costumes, the creatures they find, the aliens. They are on the top of their game when it comes to this show. If you like Star Wars and all that alien stuff and space travel, whatever, this show is just a beautiful show to watch. And I'm so glad it's back. I can't wait to get more get more into it on Tuesday's theater room. I agree. However, I will to play devil ad- advocate yep. here for a second. Um, this was probably the weakest first episode. You think of so? All the seasons. Yeah. In my opinion, it was. Maybe I was I just feel- excited to have, to have it back. You know what I mean? Maybe. Uh, and uh, listen, your points are valid. The show in general is fantastic. And I actually enjoyed the episode. But as far as like a, a season opener, um, I feel like it was stronger in season one and two. And season three was kind of like... um. I feel like it was more of like a reintroduction to him being on his own and uh, more of laying down the path of what's to come rather than we're hitting the ground running and getting into it. It was well, more of, you know, yeah, him I, I guess there, I don't disagree right? with that, but I don't think it needed to be a action packed, heavy episode to start. I mean, he's, you know, his show is more of a um, kind of, I wouldn't call it a character study, but it's definitely more of a like kind of slower paced, uh, action adventure mm-hmm. show it's more of an adventure show than anything else to be honest right um we had no well i don't want to get into that because it'll probably be spoiler but um you, we do uh you know see some old characters obviously yep, yep. we know from the trailer uh grogu's back with him um so that's not giving anything away but what's interesting to me if you haven't watched Boba Fett, you they gave you uh, they gave you literally no information on why Grogu is with Mando. Yeah. So it you have you kind of had to watch Boba Fett to really understand where we're at with Mando season <laughs> episode one, um, which I thought was an interesting thing because I thought we would get some sort of like recap of what happened, right. but they didn't really do that and. Um, I feel like if you didn't watch Boba Fett, you're kind of a bit lost on where he's at in the story. So uh, with that also, I kind of feel like this episode kind of stood on its own and um, kind of was like a, just a, like a, I don't know. It was more of like a building block and not like attaching itself to the overall story that happened from season two and boba fett was kind of like its own thing you know what i mean i I can see that but i do feel like you know it's a we're a more established audience now um and Mm -hmm. i feel like i feel like it's it's fine to trust the audience to go find the answers yeah um they made it you know anyone who watched the first two seasons you're going to be maybe a little confused if you didn't watch book of boba fett as to what how this one starts but i don't i don't think it's bad to put it past us to have to go and find our own answers. You know what I mean? I, so I'm not, yeah, I didn't hate the way they started it, but then again, it's easy for me. I didn't, I didn't, hate I watch all that stuff. So I keep exactly. Up anyway. I, I'm just, I'm just playing devil's advocate from the standpoint of not everybody watches everything. 
Um, some people hated Boba Fett and didn't watch it and missed out on the Mando's thing right. and heard about it later. You know what I mean? They had to go back and rewatch. I mean, as or they a, didn't watch um, it at all. But, just as like um, a pointless plug or, or a shameless plug, if you have some questions and you don't feel like watching every single show, just join the theater room and we'll explain mm-hmm. it all. Facts. Facts. Um, but yeah, no, uh, overall, uh, what would be your score? Uh, for me, I'm going probably in like the seven two area. I would, I would probably 10. go a little, I would go higher, eight and a half out of 10, I would say. Eight and um, a half. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I respect it. Well, I'm, like I said, I didn't hate this episode. I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, and, and if you go to watch it, if you haven't watched it yet, whoever's listening, uh, it really sets up what's to come for this season. And yeah. uh, I, I can't wait to see the journey we're about to be on. So yeah. I highly recommend you watch it. It was it was a good episode. Heck yeah. Um, speaking of a good episode, The Last of Us, Episode 7. This is another one where we're going to go heavy on the theater room. So yeah, definitely stay time. tuned for that on Tuesday. But. Again, Chris, general thoughts on episode seven, which is, and I think this isn't a spoiler, it, it, it is called Left Behind because it is focusing on the Left Behind DLC that we got to play. So yeah. overall, your thoughts. So I felt, you know, again, the one negative I will say about The Last of Us is it's following the games so closely that as the season's going on, as gamers, people like you and me who follow the game, there's less and less to be not scared of. That's not really the right word, but there's less and less to be intense about because we know what's happening. We know what's coming. We know what to expect. And the last few episodes, as someone who's played the game, it's they're phenomenal episodes, but I'm, I know what's happening. So none of it makes me kind of sit on the edge of my seat. Um, mm. In this particular case, I actually felt like they could have adapted the game a little more closely, especially the the DLC, in the sense that I wish they spent the episode going back and forth, seeing uh, Ellie, you know, trying to save Joel and and then also what happened to her in the past. Um, I don't know if I was a fan of the fact that they showed a little bit of what was currently happening and then just cut to the past and stayed there for the rest of the episode. Um, But that's a minor, minor, minor gripe. That's just me mm-hmm. being like a fanboy, and you know I can't be happy with everything. Um, right. <laughs> having said that, I still give the episode a ten out of ten because it's the best video game adaptation <laughs> we've ever had, and I can't say anything negative about it. It truly, so, it truly is. It really is. It's um, not even close. I mean, it's hands down I, the best adaptation we've ever gotten. This episode, interesting enough, um, I don't know if you've heard, is getting the least amount of praise um, than all the other episodes, which That's, I find interesting. I have a theory as to why. My theory okay. is that, you know, so I don't want to go into too many spoilers because uh, we'll do it on Tuesday. But so the, the crux of this episode is a blossoming relationship between Ellie and her friend Riley. Um, we already had an episode seeing Bill and Frank uh, kind of fall in love and find or find love in the apocalypse. This mm-hmm. is essentially more of the same. There's, there's a different reason why they show it, because it's more about informing Ellie's decision to not leave Joel. But this is essentially telling a similar story. It's two people who yeah. felt alone, never really felt like they were going to have anybody find somebody to really kind of allow themselves to let their guard down. So I feel like it's almost like a testament to how good the show has been 
that an episode this good is not giving being given the praise that it probably should be getting. Yeah. I, it's also an episode that really solidifies um, Ellie's uh, sexuality. And I feel like yep. it was hinted at, you know, with her talking to Tess in previous episode. Was that episode two or three? Episode two. Episode two. It was more hinted at. She didn't outright say it, but um, it really tells you uh, where she's at with that. And that's a big part of Ellie's character moving forward in the games. Yes. So, yeah. Um, I think I, I enjoyed the left behind DLC and I absolutely loved how they did this. We say it every episode, the set pieces oh for, my God. for this show is bar none. The they took a mall, the an ordinary mall and made it one of the most beautiful set pieces or backgrounds yeah. you can have in a show. It's it was nuts. It was fantastic. Um, an abandoned and just, mall at that. Yeah. And and this is a, a, a minor spoiler, but you when they, they they they're in the mall and every mall back in the day had some form of an arcade right yep. so you get to see them just being kids in an arcade and uh you know re you know reliving our old childhoods <laughs> going to yeah. a mall yeah. and seeing characters who never grew up with that being able to experience that was definitely a cool thing to see on screen but um Overall, I thought this episode was done really well, and the the their chemistry together I thought worked really well together, and uh, you got re- you really saw like their friendship on screen and, and how close they were, and uh, I don't know, man, I I don't really see the gripe with with the episode. I thought it was great overall, mm-hmm. and um, maybe it could have been better. Maybe if you added, you know, um more more threats i guess but it wasn't well, really about the threats in this episode it was more right. of um it was more of ellie's past and uh what she kind of went through to get where we are with her now i guess that's the uh the one thing that i will say it's i wouldn't call it a nagging problem with the show but you know the the clickers and the zombies and all that stuff there are a constant presence i was actually talking yeah. to a friend about this because he was saying how in The Walking Dead, especially in the beginning, you there were zombies where like every episode there was like a zombie moment and there was just something where yeah. they were always around and something you had to worry about. And my yep. argument to him was that you can't in the, in the Walking Dead we started two weeks after the apocalypse, so mm-hmm. we're we were we watched these characters learn how to survive in this world. In the we're last twenty of us, years, twenty, we're years, 20 later. years, yeah, we're right. twenty so, years. So later. they know how to survive. So. As much as clickers and, and uh, runners and all that stuff are a threat, these people also have some of these people, Ellie in particular and Riley, they this is all they know. This is no, yeah. this is just another day for them. So, yep. I agree. You know, but so I, I, think, I, I uh, do I do want to see more more um, zombie threats, more infected threats. I don't know. I, I can't say we're going to get more zombie on. threats, but in the next two episodes, we are going to get so like. If, if you, my, what I want to say is if you, any of you who's, who are listening, who listens to this later, if you thought the show was intense up till this point, you really haven't seen nothing yet. The next, tonight's episode and the final episode oh, is going to be Sunday. Oh, yes. man. I'm so and, and excited now. What's coming? They only have, they have a decent amount of stuff to go over in the next two episodes to catch up to the game, which means that the pacing is going to pick up a little bit. 
and yep. the things that are going to happen are probably some of the more intense things that you're going to see on the show. So just be ready because this is going to be great. These last two episodes yeah. um, are going to be fantastic. Yeah, 100%. And again, if you want to listen to our deep dive of episode seven, tune into the theater room. On yes, Tuesday at 830. Tuesday at 830. We're going to be live on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch. So plenty of yep. options to hear us. Uh, you know, honestly, make it easy. We might probably be live on Twitch and then the, the videos will go up on YouTube. Um, Perfect. Because it'll be... It'll just be nice. We'll we'll put some t- some TikToks up there too. So, uh, the Tuesday at eight thirty. Look at us. For, look for us live. Hell yeah! All right, let's move on. Um, this one's kind of interesting to me. Uh, I don't know if you saw anything about this, but Hugh Jackman has been teasing that there's going to be multiple. Sorry, I got close to the mic. Multiple no uh, Wolverines in Deadpool three. Yeah, that's an interesting thing. I, I heard. Uh, you know, I, I don't like. So, but what does that mean? Like, what does that mean exactly? I, I don't know what this means. It's super interesting. And if if we're really... If the rumors are true and Deadpool and Wolverine are being plucked from the Fox universe as some sort of multiversal, you know, jump, um, and they're coming into our mainline MCU, right? Right. Then I guess it is possible to have multiple Wolverines appear. I don't know how they but do does it, that mean but... so here's a question does that mean multiple hugh jackmans as wolverine apparently yeah apparently that's what he's teasing like he's gonna be playing different wolverines i mean to be honest i feel like if we get a version of wolverine that's in the classic brown and yellow costume if mm-hmm. we get the fox version which is you know like a, a just a, a tank top and jeans yeah um and then I don't even know, maybe maybe old man Logan makes an appearance somehow. Well, this uh, is right before Logan, so he is somewhat of an old man already. Right. So, I, you know, that would be kind of cool. Um, I'm very interested to hear more about the story of this because, listen, again, we've said this before about the MCU. 20 years ago, 2008, before then, if you told me that we would get to a point where we not only had Avengers Endgame and hundreds of heroes on screen fighting Thanos and his army, and yeah. it would be the best, the biggest money-making movie of the of ever, um, and let alone a movie where Doctor Strange travels the multiverse, or Thor goes in f- and to find an eternal, not an eternal, uh, um, uh, eternity. Like mm-hmm. I, I just would never believe any of this stuff. We saw Mo yeah. uh, Modok on screen. We have Kang yep. the Conqueror now dominating the screens. Like I just, these are questions that I'm like, I never would have believed. I never would have wrapped my head <laughs> Did around. You see, sorry to cut you off. Did you see? Uh, I forget the actor who plays him, uh, Modoc. Um, Corey Stoll. Yeah, Corey. He said he wants to do a prequel movie of Modoc, and you actually see him being the killing machine and his uh his story more fleshed out, <coughs> which I would be on board for. I would absolutely. I personally feel as I get more and more distance from Ant Man uh, Quantumania, I feel like he was the best character in the entire movie. Maybe not, the, maybe not visually, because I know a lot of people have an issue with the visuals. Mm-hmm. But the comedy he brought, the kind of like connection to the first Ant Man movie, and the the payoff at the end, like to me, he was the most entertaining part. He made me laugh, and I was excited when he came on screen. The kind of intensity picked up, so I would, yeah. have, I'd be on board for sure. But it can't be a show; they would have yeah. to do a movie and put some money behind it because they would not. Yeah. The visuals were already struggling in a, in a big movie like that. Uh, yeah. There's no way they would do it justice if they made it a show. I would agree with that. But uh, as far as Deadpool 3, just to wrap this up, 
I, I, I have zero idea of how this story is going to play out and what we're getting. We know yeah. it's already rated R. It's going to be Disney's like first rated R movie that they're actually making. Um, I, it's exciting to know that it's rated R because I feel like they can actually do what they want to do with the character rather than you know be kind of locked into this weird. Right. Um, jokey PG thirteen style, yeah, that, quippy kind know, of shit. Yeah, yeah, that we've been dealing with with the MCU lately. But um, multiple Wolverines does that mean we're getting you know multiple Xavier is confirmed to be in it. Magneto's confirmed to be in it. They're kind of waiting for their time to show to up on them, set. And yeah, yeah. Um, and we already had a, a version of xavier and dr strange so now we're gonna get a you know the the fox xavier back before he dies on logan i wonder if one of the wolverines we get is the animated version maybe it very well could be the live action animated because we got live action uh xavier from yeah right um it's possible um I don't know, man. Um, the more that like leaks out on this movie, the more excited I am. Uh, yeah, about I'm just it. pumped to get Deadpool back. I'm pumped that yeah. Marvel's sticking to their word about not changing it to a PG-13 movie. You know, I'm pumped that Ryan yeah. Reynolds is still heavily involved. To me, that was kind of the biggest thing. If they were bringing Deadpool to the MCU, but they kind of took him and his writing and his writing partner, I mean, uh, away from the movie, then you know, there's no way it would capture that magic again. But the mm-hmm. fact that he's still such a big part of it means that they actually can do this justice and give us a, a worthy sequel to Deadpool 2. So, yeah, I'm pumped. Bet. All right. We're, we're going to. Um, we're going to skip the next one and uh, jump right into Venom 3 since we're on the Marvel path right now. OK. Um, sure. Venom 3 is uh uh, Tom Hardy mentioned that Venom 3 is starting production. He's getting ready to you know, start filming and start the whole process. Um, there is rumors that it may it may include Spider-Man. Um, we don't know. That's just a rumor at this point. It's going to be trash. It probably <laughs> is. However, uh, you cannot use the Tom Holland Spider-Man in this movie. I no. would so on board if it's andrew garfield and um yes me too having him take a crack at spider-man again because uh clearly in, in no way home he was my favorite part and uh, and he wants to he's he's basically yeah. said it over and over again that he would love to come back to play spider-man and give his version of spider-man real closure which i would argue yeah. he kind of got in no way home but kind of yeah if they if they if he comes back uh, i think i'd be on board and i'd be more excited for this movie plus his his version of spider-man fits the tom hardy venom world a lot better i believe yeah. than tony Ven- wire or um tom holland yeah i agree and venom really needs to become a villain now like uh, we can't have this uh the, he he was somewhat the hero in the first one then the second one he's like the the anti-hero, anti-hero guess, yeah but he needs to be the villain and he, yes. they need to do it n- correctly and they could um, if they in, if they introduce uh spider-man right come up with a reason why venom and, and spider-man are suddenly meeting after all this time yeah. um you know every superhero whenever they meet another superhero they always fight first so that's yep. your in to make venom the villain in this particular movie but 
you know, they already got rid of Carnage, so I guess the goal would be to find and get bring another symbiote in that Venom yeah. would have to team up with Spider-Man to stop. And you yeah, can do I that storyline some more justice. I mean, I still really would wish for them to just kind of throw all the shit out and start from scratch mm-hmm. with Venom, but uh it's not going to happen. I mean, he makes money. Sony's you know, Sony's well, too hard-headed so. with the Spider-Man characters. They yeah. just yeah. can't I, say I just gotta it get over it, way. I guess. Yeah. But <laughs> but you know if like i said if andrew garfield is going to uh jump into this project i, I would be more excited to watch it I, sure. I totally agree with that totally agree with that um and our last thing on the mcu is that tom holland is apparently going to appear in the spider-verse movie that is coming which he should is argu- arguably the best spider-man movie ever created Agree. Spider Verse. Uh, not only do I agree, but I wholeheartedly agree. Yeah, but he should. Um, he should be in that movie. Uh, you know, it was kind of a miss that he wasn't in it the first time um, yeah. as a cameo. But uh, you know, they can easily correct that. And this for this movie, he should be there. I mean, the, the whole movie's about the Spider Verse. Right. He's the he's main. He's the biggest Spider Man out there right now. One of many Spider Man that we're going to see in this movie. Hell yeah! So. I'm completely on board. That's for a that. big and miss if he doesn't show up. I mean, it's just his voice, yeah, right? There's really no reason for him not to just have him. Right. Exactly. It's somewhere. just a voice unless they do some weird. Uh, one of the worlds that they travel is a live action one. Right. Which would be cool. <laughs> but it would be kind of cool. But um, I do think I, I just, think I'm sorry to interrupt. Just going back to Venom yeah. for a second. I do think a big miss by Sony and Marvel, too, because, you know, they're they're involved at some point is how do you not how have we have so many Spider-Man movies now? And we and besides Into the Spider Verse, we do not have a live action Miles Morales. It doesn't make sense to me. There's we have so much Spider Man content, and we still yeah we've only, we've only gotten his uncle in live action. It's yeah. the it's the weirdest choice. I truly believe now that um, Tom Holland is locked down on a new trilogy contract with Marvel. Uh, I truly believe now is the time we're going to get him. I agree. Um, and now because. It, we're in we're in the world of Spider-Man uh not being known by everybody now. You know, he he's right. the neighborhood Spider-Man. He he's his own thing and he'll team up with the Avengers when it's needed because they still know Spider-Man exists. They just don't know who he is at this point. Right. Um right. so I, I I could see our new Spider-Man uh teaming up with miles you know mentoring him you know maybe finds him at uh the feast you know true and that could be like his um, connection to the real world since right no like you know because he you know he this is where tom holland can get to be the the photographer you know mm-hmm. like he he needs money to pay for rent he's just not living off of tony stark's dime anymore true um he can be, you know, helping. Uh, well, Aunt May is dead. Spoiler alert. But yeah. he could be, you know, honoring her in some way and taking over Feast and doing, you know, the work that she was doing. Right, because Peter Parker's still around, so everyone right, knows exactly. That he's still so you could easily get it to where he's, you know, helping out in Harlem or something, and he runs into Miles, and that kind of kicks off that relationship true outside of ned and all them because they they don't exist yeah he doesn't Uh, have any friends right so now i think now would be the perfect time to start that relationship and uh get miles on board in the mcu they kind of have to i mean they're they're almost running out of time and the goodwill is going to start to run out you know 
Yeah. So they kind of have to. I don't. I don't want it to be a thing where it's like, all right, Tom Holland's done. Now we have Miles. No, they have to. They have to be together before right. you t- pass the baton. You know, right, you, have to, you have to establish them for 100. I, I agree with everything you just said. Yeah. Um. All right. So let's get off the MCU and kind of close this thing out with uh, an interesting one. Um. Lord of the Rings. Now I know you're you're uh, you're not a super fan like uh, right. the Captain is. Right. I'm not a super fan like the Captain is. I'm just a fan of the world and, and the stories they tell. Um, but I thought it was interesting that they announced that we're they they want to create a new trilogy. Uh, what are uh, your thoughts on, on the Lord of the Rings world coming so, back? Because we had Ring of Power, which was a prequel. It's a prequel to everything, right? right? So my my um, problem is I, I have issues with this not because I'm against it, uh, you know the Lord of the Rings is a, such a a deep lore filled kind of universe that I'm all for having more things in that world. I don't like the idea of them rebate remaking the Lord of the Rings trilogy or the Hobbit movies. So yeah. if they leave those alone, that's a positive. I to me this kind of screams that a Lord of the Rings show was made. It did so well that some studio exec was like, okay, great. Let's remake the movies now. And I'm yeah. like, it doesn't, you're, you kind of missed the point. What everyone liked mm-hmm. was that this was a different story in that yeah. world. So, you know, I guess it depends on what the next announcement is. It's fine that there's a new trilogy coming, but if they say, oh, we're going to basically redo the original books and we're going to update the graphics. Yeah. And like cast, whatever. We're like, getting the a original new movies are fantastic or movies. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, why would you even touch those? And yep. and to, to word it in a way where they announce a new Lord of the Rings trilogy is scary to me because to me that's them saying we're gonna remake those movies. And yeah. I we're in we're living in a world where Hollywood wants to remake everything, but that's mm-hmm. not what we want. That that's the type of trilogy you don't touch though. You don't it's remake a, it's that. classic, it holds up so well yeah. visually and story wise and all that stuff. There's no reason to remake that. I, I agree with that. I'm scared uh, that they're going to do that, and that's that's, I'm, that's I'm frustrating. Fully, I'm fully on board with this project if it's strictly new characters. Yes, honestly, if, video if game it, adaptations, right, is the big thing right yeah. now. The Shadow of Mordor game is uh, is a fantastic, fantastic Lord of the Rings game, and it's an original story in that world. Make that mm-hmm. a live action trilogy. You could do that 100. Yeah, that would that would be fun. Like I said, you don't have to detach from the mainline story, but you can you can have new characters exist and go off on different adventures. That's, yes. you know, yes, in the same realm of what's going what already happened you and, know? and stay away from the rings. Yeah. Like the, the show, the ring of power is already dealing with the kind of history of the origins of the rings. I want to stay away from that. No MacGuffins. Give me a real story with different characters personal stakes doesn't have to be world ending um i just want to see like you know i wouldn't mind a, a movie that takes place strictly in the shire or something where we're mm-hmm. dealing with with uh, uh hobbits and their shit or maybe seeing aragorn's origins somehow or something which i think we kind of have already but you know you, yeah. you get what i'm saying though like maybe a world in just the elven side a, a story in just the elf side and we just see them dealing with stuff like the orcs i don't know give me an animated movie with just about the orcs like, i would definitely want to see more in this world but yeah. stay away from the trilogy. Don't redo it. I don't want to see him redo it. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't want to remake. Um, I don't need to see you know Frodo back for any reason. 
Yeah. Just give me new characters. And I'm fully on board with having in a new the, trilogy. You know, in honor of Wade Poole, Zuplex City himself, I don't want to know the trilogy of hobbits just walking until they drop the ring into a volcano. Facts. Yeah. I'll I'll agree with that one. I don't agree with him often about Lord of the Rings, but I'll agree with that. Yeah, one. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Well, that's gonna wrap up episode twenty-four. Oh yeah. Uh, man. Chris, I appreciate you jumping on with me on this one. It Glad went a little longer than I wanted, but you know, it, it we happens. had a great conversation. Yeah. And it was all worth it. So we go into tangents, man. We can't help in. it. Yeah. We gotta, we, we gotta yeah. get it out. We gotta get this out or we, we explode on the inside. Exactly. Uh, at the end of the day, it's all topics we're interested in. So we have exactly. a lot to say. Um, there is a lot of exciting things coming to uh, G Gen. We have, you know, Theater Room. We have Oversell on the road to WrestleMania going on right now. If you missed the last episode, uh, MVP next episode will be about the April releases in gaming and all the news uh, in entertainment and gaming in general mm-hmm. coming out in the next couple of weeks, I'll probably give you my thoughts. Uh, is the next one, the next one, I'll probably already be a couple days into, uh, the new Jedi survivor game at that oh, point. So wait, I'll, I'll have some, some stuff to say about that. If you want to join me on the next one as well, feel free. I'll do what but, I can. Um, yeah, there's, there's a lot going on. And, and this past week was a, a little break for us on the, the YouTube side, but, um, we'll, we're back in, uh, Everything will be back to normal for this week coming. Hell so, yeah. hell yeah! Stay tuned. We got plenty to do, plenty to talk about. Theater room on Tuesday at eight thirty, and uh, we'll see you next time, Jenny. Later, man. Later.